God is looking for a man. A perfect man was in his mind when he created Adam, the first man. And just because Adam chose to rebel does not mean that God gave up on his plan. In today's show, we're going to learn from three men in the Bible and uncover the flaw they all share and discover God's solution for man. Let's get into it. You are listening to Raising the Standard, leadership, mindset, and development for the kingdom man. If you've ever wondered, how can I be the man God created me to be? Or maybe you asked yourself, what purpose does God have for my life? If that sounds like you, then you're in the right place. My goal is simple, to help you access the unfair advantage all Christian men have and give you actionable strategies to reach your full potential. My name is Josh Kachadorian. I am a best-selling author, husband, father, disciple, and son of Jesus Christ. If you're ready to get off the sidelines, upgrade into your identity as a kingdom man, and take the territory that God has for you, then it's time to raise the standard. Hey guys, so we have been examining God's original plan for the first man, Adam. And we've been looking at this in the context of the first couple chapters of Genesis in the Garden of Eden. Now, Adam was created and designed to be the pattern for all men, the pattern for mankind. And if you're joining in right now and this is foreign to you, or you just want to catch up and find out what the conversation has been here on Raising the Standard, you're going to want to go back and listen to the last two episodes titled God's Commands for Man and All Men Must Do This. And we really get into the design of man, specifically looking at Adam as the first man, the first created man, and the prototype for what was to be God's creation, made in his image and his likeness. But as we have discussed and as we know, Adam massively fails when he specifically rebels against his creator by violating God's commands. The original plan for man was dominion, partnership, and this amazing relationship, walking in the garden with our creator, knowing God on such a level that there is friendship, there's stewardship, there's responsibility. And we see Adam designed for dominion, literally naming all of the animals, creating the world through his words, empowered by God's commands to Adam. What an amazing picture of the way we were created and the original intent and design for all of mankind. Now, I want to point something out that might be foreign to you. This is something that's um, not often spoke of or highlighted. And I want to talk about it right now because we've been talking about this pattern, how man is made in the image and the likeness of God. And I want to say something about the image and the likeness. Each word in the original Hebrew has a genitive to it. That means that word is either masculine or feminine. And when we look at the word image, it is a masculine word. It speaks to the masculinity of God that's placed within Adam. We also see this word likeness, and this word likeness has a female component to it. And we know that Eve is within Adam 
hidden in his side to be pulled out when Adam falls into sleep. So we have an awesome picture of made in his image and likeness, male and female hidden within the rib of Adam, which is later pulled out and God creates Eve out of Adam's side. And we have a picture of the church within Jesus. We know in Colossians, it talks about that we are hidden with Christ. We are hidden in Christ. And we have that similar picture of the church being within the side of Jesus. What an amazing typology and shadow from Genesis that becomes a New Testament reality. But what I want to focus on here is image and likeness. And there's something you may have never seen before that I want to point out. So man is made in the image and likeness of God. However, after Adam sins, after man sins, something happens with the offspring of Adam. And we can read about it in Genesis chapter five. And I'm going to read just the first three verses to you and see if you've seen this before. Okay. So in Genesis five, one through three, this is what it says. This is the book of the generations of Adam in the day when God created man. He made him in the likeness of God. He created them male and female, and he blessed them and named them man in the day they were created. Verse three, when Adam had lived 130 years, he became the father of a son in his own likeness, according to his image and named him Seth. Guys, did you see that? It says that Adam became a father of a son in his own likeness and in his own image. We're talking about the image of Adam. No longer is Adam's offspring, no longer is the human race embodying the image and likeness and character of God. But now we see we are patterned after fallen Adam. Because Seth, his son, was born in his own likeness, in Adam's likeness, and according to Adam's image. We're talking about a fallen image and a fallen likeness. So Adam's children are not made in God's image. But Adam's image and the image and likeness of fallen man. Ever since the fall, man departed God's plan and is no longer created in God's likeness and image. This is the Adamic nature from Adam, the Adamic nature and sinful nature. And this is why we have all fallen short because we inherit this, this nature. And it's also known as our natural man. If we look throughout scripture, we're going to see the flesh. We're going to hear about the natural man. And this is all inherited from the nature of Adam, that fallen condition, because man rebelled against God. And we could say it this way. The first Adam failed. If you're listening to this, you are pursuing this thing called manhood. You're listening to this show right now because you want to step into biblical masculinity because you know you're created and you know you're called to be more than where you are right now. And I want to tell you, God from the very beginning has been after this thing called manhood. He has been committed to this thing, this perfect idea of manhood and what a man should be. Ever since the creation account, this has been God's ideal that man would live up to this design that he was created for. I could say it another way. 
let's say it like this. God is looking for a man. He was looking for a man in the garden, and then he creates Adam in his image and likeness. And ever since that time, despite Adam's fallen nature, God continues through the pages of history to look for a man. His eyes are roaming to and fro throughout the Old Testament, searching and seeking. God is looking for a man. So I want to highlight three examples of biblical men from the pages of the Old Testament, and we're going to look at something they all have in common. And what we're going to see here is a picture that God throughout the Old Testament is looking for a man. The first person that I want to highlight is Moses. Moses steps on the scene. We can read about him in Genesis. We see the Exodus account. He is the mighty deliverer. Let's go over a couple highlights from the life of Moses. He's educated in the courts of Egypt for 40 years. He spends 40 years in the wilderness. It's a formation period where he's getting God's character. There's a breaking and there's a making of this man called Moses. There's 40 years after that leading the children of Israel through the wilderness. Moses also wrote five books of the Bible. The first five books of the Bible, known as the Torah, those were penned by Moses under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Moses met with God on a mountain. He delivered the law. He saw God's physical and visible glory as he passed by. However, despite all these accomplishments and everything that Moses was permitted to do and that he entered into, he fails to bring Israel into the promised land. And I want to share one verse here from Deuteronomy 32. Because you broke faith with me in the midst of the sons of Israel at the waters of Meribah, Kadesh, in the wilderness of Zin, because you did not treat me as holy in the midst of the sons of Israel, for you shall see the land at a distance, but you shall not go there into the land which I am giving the sons of Israel. This is the Lord speaking to Moses, saying you did all these things well. However, because you lost your temper, because you sinned, you will not see the fulfillment. You will not walk into the promised land. And we have this picture of Moses falling short. So despite the call on the life of Moses, he was incomplete. He was imperfect. God is still looking for a man. Let's fast forward to a biblical character I'm sure you're familiar with, Samson, a strong man. An angel shows up at Samson's birth to his barren mother who cannot have children, and the angel ordains his birth and calls him consecrated as a Nazarite, which means to be separated, to be devoted, and to be consecrated unto the Lord. And as a boy, the Spirit of the Lord begins to stir Samson. The Spirit of the Lord comes upon him mightily when he tears the lion apart with his bare hands. This man is empowered and endued with supernatural physical strength, endowed with a supernatural gift connected to the vow he made to the Lord from when he was young. When he slayed the Philistines and wrestled with the lion, the Bible says the spirit of the Lord came upon Samson. The Lord specifically anointed him for this purpose and for this calling. And I just want to insert right now, there is a calling and there is a purpose on your life. 
all men have a call on their life. If you want to go back and review this in episode one, what is success for the kingdom man? I dropped the concept that there is a mountain for every man. That's you right now, wherever you are listening to this or watching this. That is a call for you. There is a mountain for you to step into it. And this show is going to be about guiding you and laying down biblical principles and kingdom frameworks so you can step into your purpose. Now, what we see as we look at the life of Samson, that God's raising up and using Samson to showcase strength being related to his consecration, this thing of being set apart for the purposes of God. However, in this story, like many men, Samson falls. He falls for a harlot, and then he marries a woman who he was told not to marry from another tribe. And in this marriage, he gives up his secret and violates his vow. And this story ends tragically. And we see that Samson left a legacy. However, he falls short in other areas. Let me read you this powerful verse in Judges 16 about Samson. But he did not know that the Lord had departed from him. Then the Philistines seized him and gouged out his eyes, and they brought him down to Gaza and bound him with bronze chains. And he was a grinder in the prison. Here is the picture, guys. Samson's got a call on his life. He does amazing things. He leaves a partial legacy, but he is like Moses, incomplete and imperfect. God is still looking for a man. The last man I want to highlight right now is David. David is the shepherd boy that becomes the warrior king. And he was also known as a man after God's own heart. And if you know the story, when the prophet comes to David's father's house and says, one of your sons will be named the next king, David is overlooked. He's not even in the lineup with his brother. They have to go get him from the field. He's a shepherd. He's the youngest boy. The Bible says he's ruddy and they have to go get him. And when the prophet sees him, he says, this is the one anoints him king. David has quite the journey and the legacy and the promotional pathway through the kingdom of Israel. He fights the Philistine and cuts off the head of the giant. He goes through a process and formation of character on his way to the throne himself. At one point, he even has a chance to take out Saul, the king who is dealing with him unjustly. But David decides, I will not touch him because I won't touch the Lord's anointed, even though it's spoken over David's life that he is to ascend to the very throne that Saul is on right now. David's also known as a man after God's own heart. But David falls and David fails. He lusts after Bathsheba, another man's wife. He gets her pregnant and then he kills her husband. And this is what the scripture says in 2 Samuel. But the thing that David had done was evil in the sight of the Lord. You know, David's interesting, guys, because he's got so many elements and aspects and character attributes of biblical masculinity this thing of manhood that David really embodies. And his life is worth further study as we look into it. But for right now, we see that he's got this character attribute that God's attracted to. But at the same time, David, like Moses and like Samson, is incomplete and imperfect. God is still looking for a man. Throughout the Old Testament, guys, I can keep going. There's more. 
We can name name after name after name of men who brought forth, showcase and highlight an attribute of biblical masculinity, of true manhood that God was after, because ever since the garden, God is looking for a man. If I fast forward to Hebrews chapter 11, also known as the Hall of Faith, we read about many powerful biblical examples, Abel, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, and Joshua, Samson, and David, and they each have an attribute and characteristics of manhood, but they fall short with the fullness that God wanted to bring into the earth. They fall short from meeting the standard that God had originally designed man for. None were complete. They failed in certain areas, and they left us a legacy with other characteristics that can be highlighted, studied, and certainly attracted the favor of God in their life, but they were incomplete and imperfect pictures of what you and I are called to be as biblical men. In Isaiah chapter 59, the Old Testament, here's a powerful verse, and he saw, this is speaking about God, he saw that there was no man and was astonished that there was no one to intercede. Then his arm brought salvation to him and his righteousness upheld him. And what we have here is a prophetic picture of no man that can level up, no man that can live up, no man that can fulfill that picture of biblical manhood, that picture of a man, that level and standard for manhood that we, you and I, were originally called to live up to. So guys, after the close of the Old Testament, we see a period of 400 years of silence. God is no longer speaking. And when he does decide to speak again, and when the book is open and we pick up in the New Testament in Matthew chapter one, verse one, we are gonna get the unfolding and the next level in this drama of God's story of God revealing and unveiling Jesus as the standard for manhood. Hey guys, so there you have it. God is looking for a man. He's looking for a man, and man has been searching for that missing part of him ever since Adam sinned in the garden. On next week's show, we're gonna get into how Jesus sets the standard for men, but I wanna talk to you for a minute right now. If you don't know Jesus, or you're listening to this, you call yourself a Christian, but you know you're not living right, you're not following him as a disciple, and you're not in alignment with who you're called and created to be. Guys, it is a fruitless endeavor to try and fill that void in your life with personal development to fill it with promotions and climbing the ladder at work, to fill it with starting another business and making more money and putting more in the bank account, or buying more stuff, more status symbols, getting the boat in the driveway, the new sports car, whatever that might be for you. These things lead to nothing. They lead to emptiness and shallow pursuits based in selfish ambition. If you want substance in your life, if you want to know what God really created and called you to be, what he created you for, what your design is, then I want to invite you to watch and listen to the next episode where we will talk about and break down how Jesus sets the standard for all men, for you and for me. We will be going into all the details on that on the next show. Until then, let's raise the standard. 
Thank you for listening to today's episode. If what you heard here today resonated with you and you want to fully step in to be the man that God created and called you to be, then I want to give you a free guide. It's called The Map, and you can get it at standard59.com. In The Map, I will give you 12 biblical strategies that every kingdom man pursuing biblical masculinity must honor. If you're ready to step off the sidelines and pursue the upward call, then get the map today at standard59.com. That's standard59.com. Hey, if there's a brother in your life that needs to hear this message, then share this show with them. And please leave us a rating and review. It helps get the message out there to more men. Until the next show, guys, let's raise the standard.